to cover and sometimes we never get around to sports so it's, we're going to talk a little bit about these playoffs that are that are happening and we're also going to talk about the WNBA here in a little bit but please even if you're not a sports fan we come from a different angle this isn't all stats and that type of thing I'm going to ask Leroy some questions about LeBron James that I think uh you know I don't know what his opinion might be but um we may possibly have a, a goat on our hands I don't know no. but Save that. I'm messing with you. I'm not even going to ask that question. <laughs> All right. So we have a segment that uh, we started doing uh, last month called I'm I'm Angry. That's just it. I'm angry. And so Leroy is going to tell us some of the things that he's angry about. And he we're going to have you join us. So if you want to be a part of I'm Angry, let us know the things that you are angry about, not just this week, but just in general, just in case you're new to the show. Uh, this is what we do. So we've got a guest that's going to come on, but we also can make time for you. So if you're angry, let us know. Also, we're going to shout out some black businesses. That's going to be our main focus today. One of our big conversations is going to be around black owned businesses. And so one of the things we want you to do is to make sure that you, uh, in the comments, you know, post links and let us know where we can, uh, you know, support some of these black owned businesses. This is a very important conversation today. It's very important for us to just do shout out. So if you are a fan of the sit up podcast, you always know that we start off with shout out Saturdays, but we're going to move our shout outs to the business conversation that we're going to have this week. And we're going to kick off today with a little bit of sports. Is that all right? Does that sound all right to you, Leroy? Good. Let's go, brother. All right. So listen, man, you know, I'm a big fan of the WNBA. And so real quick, and I want to do this every time we get together as much as I can. I want to point out the standings uh, as they are. We got um, some really, you know, like the WNBA is not a hard league to follow. It's not a lot of teams, but there's some quality uh, action out there. So in the Eastern Conference, we've got the Suns. Uh, it's not Suns. See, look, I'm already starting off wrong. We got Connecticut Sun, 4-0. Then we've got the Chicago Sky, 2-0. But all of those things are going to change here in a little bit as they are playing today. We also have the Liberty, 3-1. The Liberty is the team you've got to watch. Uh, what's the uh, what's the point guard from Oregon? Um, oh man, I can never pronounce uh, pronounce her name, but she's won a lot of awards. Uh, she was injured last year, and I wonder if they're going to do the thing that they've done in the NBA, where when someone misses pretty much their whole rookie year, they let them come back and be the rookie of the year the next year. I don't know if that's going to be the case here or not, but um, we got the Mystics one and two, Dream one and two, and Fever zero oh and four. Now, my favorite team. The Las Vegas uh, Aces mm -hmm. uh, are technically behind the Wings because the Wings haven't played it, you know, haven't caught up yet. I haven't played as many games, but the uh, Aces are two and one. Wings one and zero oh at this very point. As I've looked this, as I'm looking this up in the storm, two and one. Mercury two and two. Sparks zero oh and two. Lynx zero oh and three. So, if you've been watching a little bit of WNBA this year, you know a lot has changed. Um, one of my favorite uh, players and Candace Parker is at home now. She's in Chicago playing for the Chicago Sky. We also have like, uh, uh, yeah, we've got uh, Phoenix with Skylar Diggins. I cannot remember her last name right now. Uh, Diggins is the old name, you know, her old name. Um, but we've got her uh, there with Brittany Griner and uh, it, it's, it's a lot going on, but, and I'm biased on this hands down. 
the most loaded team and the best team is the Las Vegas Aces. Just wanted to put that out there. Um, they lost first game to the Storm, but I think that's because Cam Beige was winded just a little bit. Um, but now that she's uh, back in game condition and game form, uh, they was they ran them the, the night as well as they ran uh, they ran up the score last night on on against the Sparks really high. So this is going to be an exciting year. The W they're doing something different. They're taking advantage of the uh, they're marketing a little bit different. They're taking advantage of uh, some of the things that have gone on in WNBA. Has been in the news. There's a documentary out about last season's WNBA uh, season. So um, there's a lot around this league. Now is a good time to get involved. Don't be one of those people who, you know, who stands on the sideline. Please join in, get your jersey, do what you got to do, become a fan. It's a good league. We wanted to start off sports with that because have you watched, Leroy, have you watched? I the only I watched part of the Atlanta game, uh, the opener uh, that it didn't win. Um, but I, I I try to follow along. I, you know what, man? It's real funny. I I I you know I've been peeking in at sports more during COVID than watching entire entire things, and I think it's partially because I sit here all day in front of this in front of this computer and then I don't really, and then I'm really like not, not wanting to sit in front of the TV. So, so I actually, no sport have I been like sitting down watching the entire, the entire thing. Um, and so I might do some of that basketball today, but uh, yeah, a Atlanta, we lost to Chicago and Connecticut and beat Indiana. So we'll, we'll see, we'll see how they do. We'll see how they do. All right. So, all right, man, check this out. The, the NBA, playoffs are here but they had this play-in tournament uh that they had to do now lebron not being excited about this a few weeks ago we didn't get a chance to talk about this he said whoever thought of this idea should be fired and i think he was just speaking out of the space of frustration knowing his team was going to be in the play-in mm -hmm. now they took care of business but the thing that i wanted to talk to you about was not so much the one lucky last shot that's taking care of business huh okay okay oh go ahead Luck is real is what you're saying. So you're saying it's luck. It's not years of training and knowing the game, it's luck. But, well, let, let's talk about the end of the game. Let's talk about how LeBron passed out and acted like as though, you know, like he, his eye, he was saying, I saw three, you know, I was seeing three and I focused on them, which is a line from Rocky. You know, like people either love or hate LeBron. Like, and so when he does stuff like this, like, I mean, he's acting in a way that I'm like, okay, Space Jam is going to be a masterpiece because he is putting out some some brilliant acting on the court. So for Space Jam. <laughs> <laughs> so what do you think about that, man? Do you think that a superstar of his nature, do you think that that's so when you watch that, is that smart basketball and it, and it should be something that we should just accept or? Or is this something about it that just rubs you wrong when you see someone passing out, really trying to sell it so they could possibly get someone like Draymond out of the game? Or, you know, like, if you get a key player out because you acted, is that not part of the game? And look, you and I know the Lakers hung on by a thread, right? And uh, LeBron added some antics. Now, look, I'm a... 
I I got two sides to my LeBron stuff, right? One side is basketball, and I'm like, he's not the GOAT, could never be the GOAT. He's not overtaking Jordan by any stretch of the imagination in my mind. But LeBron is legit when it comes to giving back to his community, caring for people, speaking out at in things when he should, all those kinds of things, starting schools. Like, look, the dude is 100% legit in that stuff. So, so I, I celebrate that, but basketball wise, nah, not a LeBron fan uh, as far as the court is concerned. And like those antics, you think Jordan would ever do that? Do you think Jordan would ever do what LeBron did the other night? No. Yeah, I absolutely do. If he played in the league that we play, like, that they have to play in right now, I, I would say he would do just what LeBron is doing. Come he would on. Adjustments. Come I, on, man. I don't, I don't put this, I don't put a halo around Michael Jordan. Like, I don't believe that he's that great. Like, they're not even the same person. Like, their mindsets aren't even the same. Not even the so I'm glad you introduced that notion that they should not be compared and that LeBron is great in his in his own right, if not greater in, in his own right than, than Michael Jordan. He's they not a basketball player, that's fine. He's not the GOAT, he never will be. First of all, in his time period, the GOAT is Serena Williams. Hands down, LeBron is a distant second, if anything, to her, right? So even when we talk about GOAT discussions in, in the times we're living in, it's Serena Williams, no doubt, right? So anybody else is second, third. Now, Tom Brady, please get out of my face, right? You can't. Now, I'm not a Tom Brady fan, but you can't ignore the factor that he's probably been the most dominant quarterback in the league. You, you know what? You know what? You know what? You're going to push me into a conversation around. So Tom Brady, like, uh, uh, hit, check this. Check this. What I'm about. Tom Brady is the recipient. He is the like represents white privilege of foot of sports. Right. That if you if Tom Brady has to be athletic and or gets hit during games. He is nothing, nothing. His record shows it. So what do they do when Tom Brady goes to a team? They build up the line. They make sure there's receivers. He brings his own buddies back, all this stuff. Who, why didn't they do that? Why didn't they do that for our dude in, in Baltimore? Why didn't they, all right, we're going to make sure we got line. We're going to make sure we got receivers. We're going to make sure this, we're going to make sure that. No, Tom Brady gets the benefit of privilege. That's why we got the Brady rule, all this other crap. It's well, built up for him and him only. Well, is it because the black quarterback is athletic and can move out the pocket and, and doesn't need that much protection? You still need protection. You still need to say, how are we going to give this person everything they want? They give Brady everything he wants. It's privilege. It's football privilege. Football That's so great. That's why he won this year. That is exactly why he won this year. They drafted him and put everybody possible around him to make him win. Come well, on. They, you know, so no matter where you think, no matter where Tom Brady would have went, you feel like it would have worked out. Yes, they would have built up a team around him, wherever. It doesn't matter. Yeah. 
Now, your your dislike for Tom Brady has nothing to do with him like being a big Trump supporter, none of those things, right? No, this is is his privilege uh, as a white male in football. Somebody's got to be that, and they deemed him that. Remember, every sport we know this is this happens in every sport that that sports that are dominated by uh, people of color, especially black men uh, and black women. There's always this little underneath thing for a white savior. Always, always. All right. So, <laughs> and, and you know, it's so funny. We went from, we're, we're somehow on Tom Brady and we're supposed to be talking about the NBA playoffs and the NBA standings. But, bro. You represent. <laughs> okay, so let's start in the East where you represent. We've got the number one seed being the Philadelphia 76ers. They're going to be taking on Russell Westbrook and the number eight uh, Washington Wizards, which they had to play in, and they really had to play because they lost that first game bad, and then they turned around and they won the second game against Indiana. Now, as you know, Russell Westbrook and Joel Embiid do not like each other. It is always entertaining when the two are on the court together. Do you see this being a sweep, or do you see... This is a sweep. This is a wrap. This is right. Irvin Bell, Irvin Bell's on the line, right? He's going, he's going to jump in with us later. He talking about go Hawks. They <laughs> bring the Hawks. If the if the Hawks can get by the Knicks, maybe, right. maybe they'll win a game against the Sixers. Maybe. New York basketball is back, and that's a complete team. And that's a team full of of work workers. Like I'm talking about people who put in work that is not scared to get dirty, right? So the Hawks, not so much. Not so much. Uh, I don't know, man. I, I definitely take the Knicks in that one. That's an easy one for me. Right. I don't think it's a quite. Well, coming on later, man. So you watch out. He's going to speak to that. Yeah, man, I don't think the Hawks are quite there yet. It, it just, it's, yeah. And then, so you got the the Milwaukee Bucks versus the Miami uh, Heat. Um, yeah, I, you know, I'm probably just going to take Milwaukee. Miami looked tired all season. I don't think you can you can really get past some of that kind of stuff. So, no, they give them a little run. They give them a little run today. We'll see. Now we got Brooklyn and Boston. What's the score right now? Uh, before I go, uh, Miami's down by two, 64-62 Milwaukee. See, Milwaukee, Miami got Butler, man. They can, they can. Always got pride. Like he's never. That's the same. But see, here's the thing. I put that same thing on that Washington Philly. This is why I feel like the pride of of like of Westbrook is good for one playoff game. Like even if he, you know, he's never swept. It's always, and I know this from personal experience being from Oklahoma. So, you know, it's like he he'll get you one game out of just him being him, but I don't know about the rest. Um, Brooklyn and Boston. Um, Boston's depleted, like it, it doesn't have a, a solid veteran. Uh, on significant, not to mention uh, we've got uh, Brown out for the rest of the season. And so I just don't, I don't even understand. Like you're not supposed to tank and call an in. They're professionals, but they shouldn't be here. <laughs> they should have just went ahead and, and wrapped it up and called it a season and keep Tatum healthy. You know, like this whole, them being in the playoffs just makes me feel like this is four games that you could potentially uh, get, Paid them hurt. Yeah, Brooklyn just gonna get some practice for the next next to when them and the Sixers get there in the, in the in the finals, conference finals. That's when that's when the East starts. All right, over in the West, we've got Utah versus Memphis. 
Um, yeah, this is one of those games where it's like nobody wants to see this, but uh, Memphis earned its way in by beating Golden State last night. And I don't know if you watched it, but it was thrilling. Um, but my daughter was salty. You wouldn't. This kid, Ja, is like he's something else. Now, listen, he's got nothing for like you look, Mike Conley and and uh, you know and Donovan Mitchell. He's got nothing for them, but the kid. I mean, he is very special. Uh, I just don't think Memphis has what they need to in order to really you know deal with even even the wings that uh, Utah have, which are not like super special, but like Joe Engel, like I, I just don't see them having anything for him. What about Lakers? I'm not Lakers. What about Clippers, Mavericks? Clippers got that. Clippers. It'll, it'll be a good series. I, I think the conference finals will be um, Utah. I think can it be Utah and the Clippers? That's who. I, that's who I think will no. get there. No, they they will be. They would end up being uh, semi. Yeah, so they would face each other because they're in the same. They're at the top together. So um, I think one of those two teams. Will end up in the in the uh, in the in the final. Really, because now at the bottom here we got Portland versus Denver. Uh, Denver's banged up. Portland is playing his best basketball has played in a long time. Uh, and then you got Phoenix versus the Lakers. Do you see Phoenix getting over the hump with Chris Paul and beating the Lakers and sending the Lakers home? No. Okay. So, and do you see Portland overcoming Denver? I think Portland can beat Denver. Now, you know, we're in Portland, so I I, I, I pull for Portland, man. I like them. You know, I I, I represent because I do some chaplaincy work with them. And so uh, those are those are my dudes. I like them a lot. I pull for them. They, they I think they can beat Denver. And, and, and they can catch fire. Dame, you know, Dame can catch fire, man, and walk through a series. So we'll, well see. What about, what about the concept of can Portland then beat the 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 Lakers. Yeah, it it because 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 big the big men that Portland had helps them match up pretty well with the Lakers. Lakers well, ain't, Lakers ain't known for no defense, and they can't stop McCullum and 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 uh and Dane. They can't stop them. No, I'm walking you through this because it sounds like to me you're saying that there's a possibility that Portland could potentially beat the Clippers or Utah. I, here's what I believe about Portland. I believe Dame is one of the best shooters in the league and a great leader. He could catch fire, and that team has talent. They, You know how you have a team that if they get on a run, nobody's going to beat them? If Portland can get on a run, they, they'll do well in the playoffs. Now, obviously, they're not the favorites, but if they can get on a run, they're one of those teams like that. All right, so that's our playoff talk. We'll give you an update here uh, as things kind of progress. We've that's it for sports with us, man. Like we got, we got to get to the juicy stuff. Let's let's go. All right, so one of the things that uh, I want to talk about uh, with you is, and, and I want to start with this one because it, <laughs> this one is kind of uh, I don't know if it's a juicy conversation, but there's this conversation of of um, around the space of land and land acknowledgement, right? So I, I'd never heard, I was in Oklahoma and very rarely did I go into a church, did I ever go into a space that had acknowledgement uh, to the natives that were there. However, it's even in the state flag, it's a part of the culture. 
first time I'm at a church here in Oregon, I saw, I heard some people doing acknowledgement of the land that they were on. Blew my mind. I loved it. Thought it was a great idea. But then it got, got you know, the discussion kind of comes around of like, is that enough? Mm. As we kind of march through and journey through the world, like like I said, with, with our show, we talk about sports, innovation, theology, and, and the ugly, the injustice. And we definitely need you to kind of chime in with us on this and this conversation around land uh, acknowledgement. You know, as we start to see like different businesses grow and we start to see, you know, the country change and the shape of, even you can have aspirations of wanting to do something, but we have our, our, our brothers and sisters in, the indigenous, in our indigenous families that are saying, hey, acknowledge, you know, you need to acknowledge, but then sometimes the conversation goes a little bit deeper. What, where's your thoughts and where, where do you frame this conversation? Man, so I think like you, right? Um, I didn't grow up in this conversation. This, this, this conversation wasn't, wasn't with even within the spiritual realm and theological realm of the black church I grew up in, right? Um, and for many, right? And I think now that it is coming up, right? Uh, it is, it, it's, um, it's in one of those spaces where we can see how supremacy, right, has divided and has us in these spaces where uh, now we got to have difficult conversations with people who are experiencing, right, uh, the, the experiencing the legacy of supremacy in negative ways, right? We're all so. If, but, Black and Asian, Black and Latinx, Black and Native, right? Like, like this, this whole thing, we got to do this work, right? And this is a difficult piece, man, because if you, I mean, no doubt, right, land was stolen from the indigenous of this land, right? So land acknowledgments, right, our way to go, I am acknowledging against supremacy who the original stewards of this land were, who, who were caring and taking care of and honoring this land. Um, millions of people lived here before uh, uh, the dude Columbus uh, accidentally landed here, right? So let me... No way. So, but now they also brought slaves with them, right? And so slavery gets intertwined with stolen land, right? Uh, slavery. So, 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 you know, um, com com complete um, uh, dismantling of neighborhoods, uh, genocide of natives, right, and indigenous folks, and then slavery. Slavery ends, right? This genocide continues, it, it gets, uh, um, it totally annihilates indigenous folks and then relocates them to, uh, uh, to, res to reservations. Now in the midst of this, you got 40 acres and a mule, right? Like uh, uh, black folks saying, hey, we're owed some for building this country, right? Building this country on stolen land. 
Yeah. So that's like, yes, Chinese, right? Black folks, railroad buildings, right? Building freeways, highways, labor, all of this stuff to build this country, but it's built on stolen land. And when you talk about land, it's like all of that comes into play. Well, let me ask you this as a fan, like we just talked about sports and the transition into this conversation is, you know, your team does well. One of the incentives to keep, you know, to keep a team there is usually to build a larger stadium. Uh, if your church expands, it's usually building a larger building or building schools and things of that nature. Um, what do you think our, our, our job is as a casual fan uh, should we, you know, support, continue to support teams that may not acknowledge? Should we support companies that do not acknowledge or, or, or do anything uh, of that nature? Should we continue to even attend churches who are not addressing this particular issue? I think we should, I, I, I think all of the above. I think one, the difficult conversations have to be had. I think the acknowledgement of, of where we are in this uh, in this uh, trajectory of, of, of white supremacy. Um, I think um, uh, anytime we're talking about land, we need to have all of those folks within our minds. And so, um, matter of fact, we should, we should, you and I, we should acknowledge land when we start this show, right? Um, and uh, because, I, I mean, I own a home. Like, what does that really mean, right? Um, what does that, what does that, uh, what does that mean in, in, in light of all of this? And we know, uh, real estate, right? Land is where most wealthy people hold the majority of their wealth. It's in real estate, right? Yeah. It's in land. It sounds like a plan. So wh where would one start with that? So what, what, what do we need to do to get the information on what we need to say at the beginning of the, of the podcast? Well, here's what we know we can, well, one, right? Um, you can go and find out who were the original um, owners of your land, uh, right? And let me, let me, let me uh, while, we're, while we're chatting, I'll get that website, right? You can look up uh, and find who were the original stewards, the original tribes um, uh, on the land where you, where you are, right? Uh, and so I want to, um, I want to do that. Um, go to nativeland.ca. Nativeland.ca, right? Uh, if you go to nativeland.ca, native-land.ca, right? Um, and then you can put in your zip code, right? I'm doing it right now. Put in, put in my zip code, and then it will tell you um, uh, who the original um uh tribes were where you are so now i know um that i need to give honor to the cowlitz uh people the cat and the cascades people right um and the federated tribes of grande ronde those i i honor and i acknowledge the cowlitz the cascades and the grand ronde right like right. you that very easily Right, go and do that and find out who those folks were, who these families were, um, who 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 stewarded this land, who were the indigenous. So 
Now, here's another thing that can be done. Now, I'm going to throw in there. Uh, uh, our work uh, is with the Greater Northwest Area of the United Methodist Church. And I can tell you um, that they are, and talking about uh, giving land back, and not just talking about it, we just gave some land back. Um, the Wallawa, uh, in Wallawa, in Oregon, uh, some land was given back to Wallawa tribe. Um, and what does that mean and what does that look like for wealthy landowners to give back land? Church denominations own a lot of land in the US, right? Probably one of the wealthiest landowners in the country are church denominations. Yeah. Between their churches, between their colleges, between their hospitals, right? Uh, between their camps, right? All of this wealthy through land, especially your, uh, your mainline denominations, your Presbyterians and your, uh, your uh, Methodist, right? And your uh, folks, your folks like that, right? So we're giving land back. What does it mean to give land back? What does it mean to go and say the original uh, tribes here, we are giving this land back? that was stolen? What does it mean with churches and us as Christians and followers of Jesus um, and people of faith give land back? All right. That's a good, that's a good stopping point for that conversation for today, because our goal and not only in bringing this up today is to, to continue the conversation. What does it mean, uh, you know, to do that? That's going to be a conversation we have with the guests in the future. Uh, well, you know, we have a lot of different indigenous people in our family and, and, you know, and friends that will be inviting on that to continue this conversation on future sit up uh, podcasts where we want to always do our due diligence to recognize this because later on in the show, we're going to talk about business ownership and we're going to talk about some of these things and we want to make sure that we're sensitive to acknowledge that that portion of it before we go on and have, uh, you know, a celebration and conversation about different black owned businesses. Um, so real quick, before we get into our, our business conversation, and this is a little bit more lighthearted here, but I do want to know where, and it may turn out to not be lighthearted. Oregon is doing a vaccine lottery. Now I saw this the other day and I just was like, this isn't real. I thought it was clickbait. So I didn't even click on it. And then I saw it on the news. <laughs> so what do you think about this, man? Like a, a, a vaccine lottery, you can win up to a million dollars, I believe is what it is, right? Governor, yeah. bro, was the governor yesterday was on announcing this. Uh, and I find it fascinating um, that a lottery, a state is the state is going to run a lottery for people who've been vaccinated, and you can win from ten thousand to a million dollars. Now let's juxtapose that with the struggles around getting people of color to get vaccinated, black and brown people who are skeptical about getting vaccinated and percentage wise, numbers are lower in those communities. And here we go with a lottery for vaccinated people. Well, you know, it, so I was, I was reading an article that says a separate drawing will be held for residents ages 12 to 17 in which winners will receive 
a a hundred thousand dollars scholarship saving uh scholarship savings so five kids between 12 and 17 who are vaccinated will get a chance to get a hundred thousand dollar scholarship how is this not aimed at poor people black people and brown people how 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 but, let me ask you this are you mad though how? <laughs> are you mad about it i don't know man this is this is this is crazy, man. I got to think through this a little more, uh, uh, because because the teaser of the lottery, right? You can win some money. Um, people have problems with that already, right? And because disproportionately, lotteries, right? You know. Um, Money from lotteries is like this poor man's tax going to do all these other things. So poor people paying for stuff for seniors, poor people paying for roads, poor people in Georgia, the lottery uh, supports, uh, you can go to college free, any student, right? If you maintain a certain average. So you got wealthy people, right? Going to school, um, on the lottery in Georgia that mostly poor people play, right? Yeah. Like, so, uh, man, I don't like, the lottery is problematic and what it stands for, what it does, what it represents. And now, like, I want people vaccinated. I want our folks vaccinated. Yeah, bro. This is this is a complicated deal. It is. Wow. It is. Yeah. Man. It's you know, it, it is the space of, you know, what could it possibly mean for boosting numbers? It's it's it's, it's evil, but is an evil necessary? Like what, you know, this is their way of saying, "Hey, we're going to get the money out there to some people." What if it gets more people vaccinated, right? If it gets more people vaccinated, that saves more lives. And then, you know, even the $500,000 draw, you know, for the 12 to 17, you know, that's five individuals who may not have been able to afford college. Right. What, what impact does that have, you know, later down the line? Mm -hmm. So it, it, this is, you feel some kind of way when, when corporations, government, larger entities do these things. And it's just like, it's that catch 22, but that's part of like really thinking with your mind and not just, you know, sheepishly just following it and just saying, oh, free money. You're like, yeah, there's something behind this. And we know it. we can't say what it is quite yet, but something behind. That's the fight of means, man. I don't know. Let me ask you this question real quick uh, before we move past just the conversation around vaccines. Uh, this week really launched off the 12 to 17 year old category of uh, younger kids being able to get vaccines. Um, there are a lot of people who, who are all, you know, like, you know, they're all in the normal inoculate, you know, like they they get their vaccines for their kids every year that they need to come and do it. But there are some people who are like, yeah, I don't know if I want my kid getting this shot. Um, is there, do you feel this, this 12 to 17 year old range? Is it, is it, is this something that you, where do you fall on that? Should we continue to advise and push? Or when it comes to children, you back off and you say, you just do what's best. Man, I, 
as far as the vaccine vaccine is concerned, I I think I I I am I am I am of the camp that that folks need to get it when you can, right? Um, and because it's better than the consequences. I have too many folks that I know um, who've lost folks um, uh, through through this, right? And then there's just there's just all these facts, right? So I'm for it. And yeah. I, I just, I just, I just think people, I think people need to get it. I don't, I, I don't think it's, uh, I don't think it's dangerous. I think um, uh, the health benefits outweigh everything else. So, I just, I just sent a link to, to, to our boy Irvin Bell, um, who's sitting on, who's sitting online, and maybe we, maybe we ought to, maybe we ought to jump to him. All right. So that's what we, yeah, we're going to get into this conversation about black owned businesses and do some shout outs to different black owned businesses. And so uh, when we start off with this conversation uh, with Mr. Bell, one of the things that we're going to do is talk about the businesses or business that he's, he has, but uh, you know, while we're waiting, let's get into just some old fashioned shout out Saturday style uh, shouting out black owned businesses that you know, and you love and you participate with. And we would love whenever you're watching this, because people come back and watch the sit up uh, who didn't get a chance to see it live for whatever reasons. Uh, and they participate. We'll see people just, you know, chiming in and, you know, on the comments. And so please feel free, whether you're watching it live right now or whether you're going to be watching it, you know, you're listening to me later. Uh, please put in the links that you can find to some of these black owned businesses that you feel like you want us to support and talk about. So, for example, here in a second, I'm going to put uh, a link to 1030 Braiding uh, just because it's a black owned business that I own with my wife. And uh, we're going to be doing making some updates and changes to the business really soon. But it is a natural hair uh, business. So not only is it black owned, it is really targeted toward uh, the black community. And it is not easy. I can tell you firsthand, it is not easy to be a business owner, especially one who has a targeted demographic that's specific to the African-American community. Um, because even though there are a lot of, you know, things that are out there to try to help you get your business going or whatnot, you, you know, it boils down to, you know, you've got to be diligent and know that you're setting a great example um, and you're giving quality service to individuals. And so that's the first business I would shout out. Leroy, what, what do you got uh, when, you, when you're thinking about it? Yeah, so, I mean, there's some, there's some really good ones. There's some ones around us that people may have, people may have heard of. One, of, one I really like uh, is, uh, is Trap Kitchen um, that um, this brother started off in Portland. And, I, and, and actually, I think now it's in New York and L.A. and in uh, Atlanta and some other places. So um, shout out um, to support somebody starting locally and local in their city, and then able to grow that based on um, based on you know doing good work, good business, and and folks, black folks and others supporting. So um, so I want to I want to uh, I want I want to shout them out. Uh, there's a uh, um, uh, there's there's also uh, Assembly Brewing Brewery in Southeast Portland, and I don't know how many breweries are black owned, uh, but we definitely need to need to shout them out, um, as well as um, uh, the the f only four black wineries in Oregon. There's only four, and so um, we need to 
we need we need to we need to look them up. I'll I'll get those names uh, and uh, and we will we will we will get those up as well. So those those are a couple for me. Um, well, so I, got I got everybody eats uh, PDX, which you can go to downtown. Me and my wife went there a few weeks ago and and thoroughly enjoyed it. Um, good food. No way, no way around, no other way around. You know, sometimes people tell you, well, you got to know everything on the menu. Good. Uh-huh. So we, so What's we up? There, uh, good food. No way, no way, no other way around. You know, sometimes people tell you, well, you got to know everything on hey, the menu. You got to put your problem. volume down on your Facebook thing. You got to turn that down. Okay, I'm trying to figure it out. I'm not on my computer. Give me All one right. second here. You're good. We got you now. You got me now? Yep, you're good. What's up? What's up, bro? What's going on down in New Orleans, man? A lot is happening in New Orleans, man. It is a busy time. Springtime, man. Seafood season is starting. Uh, I'm in the middle of AAU basketball. Actually, my son Anderson is in the middle of a basketball, a big basketball tournament. You know how that goes, man. He had a game this morning at 10 o'clock, and then we got to go back for a uh, 3.45 for a 4 o'clock game. It's crazy. Um, I'm actually at um, Katie, Katie's house, Katie Williams, her youngest daughter, uh, Evelyn, her first birthday. Um, so in Korean culture, that's a big, big thing. And so I stopped by here to say hello to them, man, and show some love. So, you know, doing what I always do, man, trying to love on as many people as I possibly can. Nice, nice. Well, welcome, welcome to Sit Up Podcast. Our producer, Andrew Morgan, who you can see right there on camera. Uh, and uh, uh, Drew uh, is an incredible producer. This, this, this kind of radio formatted podcast show where we we talk about sports right we talk about uh uh innovation we talk theology we talk what we call the ugly where what what which we're changing into like uh i'm angry uh and uh and then we try to use some public discourse we try to bring in some some varying opinions um and the varying opinions come in in sports because 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 I'm a I'm a Philadelphia man and a Cowboys man and he he's he's I, I don't know what he is. He's I'm a fan of champions. <laughs> that's what it is. It's hard for you to understand, you know. So all my teams win. That's what that's what I, I like to put out. Although the Oklahoma City Thunder is at an all-time low. Like, yeah, 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 yeah. Well, well, yeah. I heard I heard the blasphemy earlier today with with discounting the Hawks completely he's... pummeling the New York Knicks. Starting tomorrow, I don't know if the Knicks will win a game. <laughs> what? I don't know if they'll win a game. They may win one. I give them one. All right, all right. So, 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 so. <laughs> that's I'm just that's, saying. Man, look, that's so here's the thing. I, I can really appreciate. I heard you guys making a comparison between Jordan and LeBron James, and there's no comparison. It's two different eras. This is the era of swag, right? When you come in young, young teams, they have to have that swag in order to, to, to perform at that level so young. And ATL, we have that swag. And uh -huh. so swag is going to get us past the New York Knicks. Wow. Simple and plain. We've got that confidence on the court. We're good to go. 
Oh, okay, okay. That's a new formula. We'll see if that works out. We'll see if that works out. We'll see. <laughs> hey, hey, man. So um, you're in New Orleans uh, and you're in the middle of stuff. You got you got basketball games. For, and shout out to black dads out there today uh, with their kids at basketball. Um, uh, you are starting a business with shouting out black businesses. You're starting a business in NOLA. Tell us about that before we get to the I'm angry part. What what business did you start down there? Yeah, so my good friend uh, Jarvang Bingman and I are starting uh, Holy Smokes Barbecue. Uh, Holy Smokes Barbecue is I take on a affordable gourmet barbecue, uh, doing special events, catering. We'll have uh, a space in a in a neighborhood, in an area that kind of converges on a couple of neighborhoods, right? It's a kind of a gentrified neighborhood. That's a historically black neighborhood, and then you got some some Latinos and Asians in the mix. And so we want to uh, use that space as kind of a, a as a, a place where people could come together, shop, sit down, have good conversations uh, around some food. Because one, one of the things that we're finding, especially in this time of civil unrest and uncertainty, man, people don't sit down and talk, right? People mm -hmm. are more getting in their own corners, you know, with their own people. Uh, causes instead of sitting down and getting to understand people a little bit better about that. And so it used to be a time ago um shout out to, to 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 black women like i learned how to barbecue from my aunt you know my aunt used to you know barbecue ribs in the summertime and stuff like that i learned from her and i just remember sitting around the grill in my grandmother's backyard man, having some great conversations with neighbors and people to stop by and so we want to we want to bring that that type of culture back we want to we want to cook some good food have people come and what we're looking to do what we're looking to do is to to get the ordinary people right in the place talking about some of these these issues that are in front of us you know kind of like what you guys are doing but we want to hear from ordinary neighbors mom and pops next door small business owners daycare center workers teachers people like that and see how these issues affect them as well and so no better way to do that than with a rib or a chicken wing in your mouth <laughs> hey, and NOLA is the place, bro, to, to throw down with some food and some events. So uh, we're going to have to, I don't know, I don't know, Drew, we're going to have to take this sit up on the road. And uh, that's that's one right there where, it, you know, it, we could stay there all week. We could be there a week or two. It don't matter. You know, find a reason to be down there. What, let, let me put this on your calendar. Put this, go ahead. Put, no, go ahead. put this put on your calendar. Uh, June 13th, uh, I'm turning 50. I know this is live, but I'm turning 50 on June 13th. We're going to have our uh, soft opening, grand opening on June 13th. So we're going to have all our menu items there. We're going to have music, uh, food, fun, man. Y'all should come on down and, and join us. I send you a, I send you an invite, Leroy, but uh, we're on Facebook. Holy, Holy Smokes Barbecue spelled out on Instagram and Facebook. So be looking forward on that. I, I send you a invite. Oh, definitely man. love to have y'all down. You know I feed you when you come down here. Yeah, that's tempting, bro. That's tempting. I'm I'm uh, I'm on vacation uh during that time, so <laughs> I'll, uh, we'll have to see. 
Well, let, let me ask you a business related question, if, if you don't mind. Um, what, what is it like in that marketplace uh, when it when it's around like starting a new restaurant? Is that an intimidating thing? Like, what you know, I, I hear what you say that's, that's going to be standing out and uh, what you want to do. But what how do you go about uh, researching and figuring out where to put it? You know what to do? How, how did that play a part in, in you planning this business? And that's a good question, man. Um, I'm gonna shout out to my friend Kate. I'm in her home right now. She uh, she's the founder of Choreo, which is a Korean and Creole fusion. Her and her husband. She's she's a Korean American. He's he's Creole. Um, they have one of the most um, unique and popular catering businesses in the city. Uh, she also is the director of Launch NOLA, which is a small business incubator for, for, for uh, minority businesses. So it's a 12-week course. I went through that, Jarvan and I went through that, and they kind of take you step by step and help you prepare on how do you look at the market that you're in? How do you, how do you um, figure out what, what's the need or their terminology is? Uh, what's the problem that you're trying to solve? It's easy for me. There's no good barbecue down here in New Orleans, as far as I'm concerned. Right? <laughs> but but you but you look at you know first you have to look at your market, look at what the need or what the problem is, and then from there you try to solve the problem for the consumer. And so um, I was blessed to have someone to walk through that process with me. You know, um, a lot of times small business, you know, I don't I forget what the percentage is, but a number of small businesses don't make it. You know, past the first year, and and the main reason is why they don't do the due diligence as it relates to um, the financial aspects of it, the budgeting aspects of it upfront, the upfront costs, and 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 budgeting those things, and and learning how to pay yourself a salary instead of looking at the business as an extension of your pocketbook, right? So uh, those are some things that we had to put in place first and foremost before. Uh, we even, you know, launched, like I said, we're about to launch in, in, in June in, in about a month, but we've been working on this concept for a couple of years now. Um, so a lot of, a lot of industry kind of research, market research that we've done just to kind of see, I, even on this grand opening, my, my menu is, is, is not set. So I'm going to have people do some taste testing, give me some feedback on the things that they like or you know, some tweaks and stuff like that and continue to evolve uh, with that. So um, New Orleans is, you know, it's a food, it's, it's a food community. So uh, if you're good, if you got good food, you could, you could make a good living here. Um, but if you're not good, then you could, you could disappear really, really quick into the, into the background. So are you scared, man? Are you nervous about it at all? Well, I'm gonna be honest with you, Drew. So I've been thinking about Holy Smokes Barbecue probably for a decade, right? And so I'm a true Southerner. I like I um, I like feeding people. So for probably the last ten years on Mardi Gras Day, I'm down on St. Charles, which is the main thoroughfare. I don't know how familiar you are with with, with New Orleans, uh, watching the parades with family and friends to the tune of about sixty to seventy five people. Um, cooking food, you know, everybody chips in, and uh, and so I I I generally cook for the fun of it. The scary part is is monetizing my passion, right? You know, monetizing my passion. I, I see so many small 
businesses start and then and then what I like to call that it ends up becoming a machine, right? You have to feed the machine, right? And then the passion leaves. And that's all about business and overhead and things like that. And that's what I fear. I don't want to ever lose the love of feeding people, right? And so I just I have to be really cautious and, and prayerful about you know how I engaged and, and and set parameters and space for myself. You know, I think that's that's one of the things that I asked that question because business owners never get a chance to tell the truth of that side of it because there is a balance that you have to have uh, between you know like you're sitting here and you got this product and it's like okay, what am I going to do? This you know like how am I going to make sure that I'm doing something with justice to the community for myself and you know so. Let me ask you, what's the long-term goal for this? Like, is this a franchise? Will I be able to one day I'm sitting at home and I'm looking on a bottle of barbecue sauce and it's you, you know, like where is there going to be some skews you're going to produce from this? Are you going to, there's going to be some products that's going to be in stores one day, or is this just about uh, staying, you know, local and staying where you are and impacting your parish and impacting your community? Good question. Good question. Well, and I've thought about this too, Drew. This is this is a really good question. Like, how big do I want to be? Right. Um, initially, being being a native Atlantan, I do want to have uh, kind of a, a a sister brother company in in the Atlanta area. Um, of course, there I have some ideas of brick and mortar. Right now, we we have a, a a commercial space that's being built out for the purposes of a commissary kitchen so that we're caterers who've come through the program or other small business caterers that don't have their own kitchen can come set up and cook for their catering events and do pop-ups in our space. And so I, I do wanna create um, uh, another one of those in Atlanta. Uh, I would, if, if, if the timing was right and the money was right, I wouldn't mind having a brick and mortar. Right, I saw, uh, I did see this, uh, I, I keep forgetting the name. I think Lyra and I went there in Dallas, this, this barbecue place that has this setup where the smoke is kind of right in front of you. And so I think that that's, uh, especially in the South, it's, it, it's not buffet style, but it almost looks like it's buffet style, but the, but the, the food is like fresh, right? So um, a, a brick and mortar. Uh, I do have a family recipe barbecue sauce. Um, and just going back to my original kind of sentiments, um, I would love to share it, but when you go to bottling and, and putting, putting, you know, things on, you know, uh, high fructose corn syrup gets in there, you know, when you, when, when high production starts to happen. And so I would, I would hate to see that happen, you know, to my, to my dad's barbecue sauce, man. But uh, the sky's the limit, you know, I want to be able to you know, provide for my kids and my, and my grandchildren and create some revenue um, because I'm doing this to, to, to reach back and help other people too, right? Yeah. And so if I could use this as a way to build wealth in a, in a, in a you know, BIPOC community, uh, I'll do that. I would much rather though um, keep Holy Smoke small and you and make investments and others to help them build on their dreams. Cause I don't have to call on the market and barbecue, right? But I wanna make, I wanna make uh, uh, myself so I could take a piece of whatever my profits are and help somebody else start their business. I, I would much rather do that. Yeah. 
you know, and I love everything you just said about that. And for people who are listening, who maybe sometimes have trouble really hearing some of the things that, you know, like that, that he's really saying, one of the biggest pieces that stood out to me that you just said was, you know, there's a thing you say, if the timing is right and if the money was there, you know, and so that conversation around uh, access, you know, through like having the capital, having the means to, to have uh, to be able to expand. But the timing part is just as important. Like, you know, yourself as a business owner, you know, yourself and the dreams that you have, and you know, when the timing is right and you can trust uh, when it is. And that's, that's a sign of a really good business person when they're in tune with timing and not just, you know, obsessed with capital. That is a huge part of it, but to, to really have the timing piece is, is really and one of the things that lets me know that this is going to be something that's going to last uh, in, in that community, man. So I commend you and thank you so much for, for starting, getting that dream out. Like you say, you sat on it, you thought about it, and now you're doing it. And it's like, it ain't no going back now. Every day, this is you. You know, like you, you're doing it now. Popping, man. Yeah, so that's that's a good work you're doing, man. Leroy, you got any, uh, before we transition into the to our angry se uh, session, you got any more questions for him? I think you muted. I'm excited, and I think we uh, we're gonna keep shouting out uh, Holy Smokes Barbecue, and uh, we're gonna definitely do a road trip down to Nola at some point here, um, and uh, and and do a show live from there. So that'll 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 be fun. Um, thanks, man. Let's uh, Drew. You want to transition us? Yeah, man. This is a part of the show that we love to. Uh... <laughs> We love, maybe you hate it. We don't care. It's called I'm Angry. You know, we, when we talk about the Sit Up Podcast, we talk about this concept of us just being who we are. And it's the, sometimes there's some injustices in this world that we have to speak on the ugly. And when that ugly comes up, we have framed it as I'm angry. We have had, uh, most Black men have had this, this happen to them at some point. But I know people have even, uh, I've seen posts and other people describe Leroy as a angry Black man. And so we're going to lean into that and we're going to do that every week. We're going to lean into it and, and just speak truth because there's some reasons why we angry. We weren't just born, just upset and just mad. It's some stuff we need to point out. There's some people doing out here in this world that got us angry. So with that being said, welcome to our segment. I'm angry. If you're angry about something, put it in the comments. Let us know. We want to know what are you angry about? Are we going to kick it off with our guests or you got it? I'll start off and then, uh, and then, so my, my, from this week, uh, uh, the, uh, and, 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 uh, this is, this is from near you. So, or so the footage that was released, uh, this week, um, uh, from Ronald Green's, um, uh, I would say, um, getting killed by police, um, in, 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 in your area, uh, Man, that 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 just that just took my anger to another level. Nothing in the police reports initially um, about him even having a scuffle with police. His family told he crashed into a tree and died. Uh, and uh, what makes me angry is if we didn't have video of these things we would never see this stuff come to light. I mean, right now it seems like the best advocate for, for justice is a video camera. And so, right. man, that makes me, that's, that's, my, that's, my, that's my off the hook 
angry piece this week. I am angry about that, man. And I, uh, and, and it's, it's affected my week and it's affected my attitude and some, some spaces this week, for sure. All right. What'd you got for him? Um, we're going to go to our guest and, and let you go ahead and go. Uh, what you angry about? Um, I, I, I'm too angry about that. I, what I, what I'm angry, I'm a, I'm a little bit angry with, with the press. Mm. Right. Um, and so I, I, I agree with Leroy that if it, if it, if it were not for cameras, we wouldn't know about these things. And, 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 and now we're, we're, we're proving to the world that these things that, that black people have known have been happening for a long time uh, are, are happening. Um, but it seems like I, I'm appalled, but I'm kind of tired of being angry. I'm angry, you know what I mean? I'm tired of, I'm tired of being angry. I, 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 um, I, I wanna put more action in, into words. I, I'm angry that some of my, some of my my neighbors aren't as active in, 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 in trying to um, uh, uh, strengthen the community as, as much as I like to see it, right? I, I see, I see, I think protests are good, don't get me wrong, but protests without some sort of political action like getting to the polls, reaching out to your to your to your to your to to your Congress people, reaching out to even your 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 the, 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 your local uh, uh, city council and things like that going there stuff like things don't change just by us being angry about it. Like, and I know it's a lot of people out there doing some good work, but I think it's, it's, it's far more of us who are being affected by this are not getting out, protesting, and then taking their, their concerns to the ballot box, taking their concerns uh, 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 to, to, you know, and, and trying to push and get some political power. Um, so I'm 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 angry about that. I'm ang I'm I'm really angry about um so Katie, my best friend, is, is Korean and um just just the violence that's been perpetrated on the Asian community um is 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 really hard to see. Um it's really hard to see. I, like she really, she really struggled when that thing happened in, in Atlanta. Um, you know, the nut job went and, and and killed these little old ladies, man. And then I'm like, and 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 it, and it just all stemmed in these last four years with this with with with, with these lies and and um, what's the word I'm looking for? This this these lies about about um, China and, and and Asian people. And, and, and what even infuriates me even more than that is the games that, that a certain group of people play when things, even with, even with, I was so scared that, that, that the Siobhan case, I was so scared it was gonna go the other way. Like even with that stuff right there in our face on camera, there's a group of people that still wanna be like, oh, that's not what you see. That's right. not what that was. Right. You know what I mean? And so like, 
I had not, I'm a pre, I had always been a preacher. Been a preacher. That's my that's kind of my my uh my my default. What I say before I get into it, but like I'm kind of tired of talking, man. I'm tired of talking. I'm I'm angry at 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 and all the injustices that continue to go on, even though they're being televised, even though they're on social media, even though there's there's record record. I mean, uh, recording after recording after recording and slow-mo and, and, and zoom in, and there's still people out there saying, oh no, that's not what happened. That wasn't an insurrection, that was just a few, a few, a few bad apples. Hmm, hmm, hmm. Yeah, bro, I feel you, man. I feel you, I, I, yeah. Yeah, yeah, that, that drives it, that drives it even, even further for me, man. Good, 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 good stuff. Um, Drew, what you got? Um, you know, I got one that's a little, um, it's a little less uh, serious this week, but it, it speaks to a larger narrative that, that pretty much irritates me. I don't know if you, if you watch what trends and what kind of goes down in the media. Um, there, you know, one of the things that was trending throughout the week over the past week and a half was uh, Kwame Brown, former uh, NBA player who's known as the biggest bust. And he he gets he's in this altercation right now with uh, three other former players who who basically made fun of him the same way that everyone else has. But he started, you know, making certain points that were very valid to some extent. But the point one of the points that he made and other people have made, it goes along the lines of uh, just my irritation with the media sometimes and how we consume the media and how, you know, there's usually a lot of black men who are put out on display in order to tear down other black men. There's one thing to talk about the game and whether you player, whoever as a uh, player, that's fine. But to, uh, it feels like we're going in a direction with the media and accepting how we consume the media uh, in a way where we're starting to take personal shots at individuals. So for example, LeBron James the other day, or was announced this morning that LeBron uh, breached uh, COVID protocol. And so as I look at social media, as I look at commentators, people get paid to, to do this, this negative, really negative narrative is being, uh, has been placed out there. Actually, I'm also seeing a few uh, people in the conservative community say, cl lay claim that LeBron is possibly a uh, anti-vaxxer and, and some other things, and I'm not going that direction with it. But, um, but that, yeah, that's Candace Owen for you. Uh, but I... I'm, I'm get, I am always angry and irritated when I do see um, the access sometimes that we have to give people to our culture in order to do the jobs that we're qualified to do. As a journalist, I, I shouldn't, you know, like the way that, you know, as a person who produces, I hate when I see, you know, individuals uh, have to talk bad about like, they don't, you know, like they get more ratings, they get, in the new, when they talk bad about former teammates, when they uh, talk down to one another, I want to see more more positivity and more podcasts and more people getting attention when they're doing the positive things that are building each other up. And I'm not I'm not shy about saying this is something I'm, I'm feeling specifically for us as Black people. I want to see us be able to thrive more and get attention. Bobby Brown's doing other things, you know, in his life, and and so is you know Stephen Jackson. But what's got them trending is not the positive things that they do and the work that they do in the community. It's the beef that they have with one another. It's this narrative that that's who we are as black men. 
that that's the way we're we're described. Last thing I'm gonna say about this that that I got this week that it made me angry. I was listening to NBA uh, radio, and they described the Knicks in the most unhumane way. And what we began to accept, like you know, it, it, we got to be careful because they described the Knicks. These are all workhorse. These are all bulldogs. These are all people who go after it. There was no. These are hardworking men. These are hustle, you know, men who hustle on the court that that, that know their craft. It was all analogies to animals that work in the field or animals that produce something for you. And I just think it's time for us to hold our announcers and our, our, our analysts and ourselves to a higher standard and not continue to regurgitate the same narratives that, uh, that separate people from their humanity. Um, in Oklahoma City, one of my favorite announcers said Russell Westbrook was out of his cotton picking mind a few years ago. And he hasn't worked since. And you know what? I don't feel any kind of way about it because you got to think about when you say things like, what's the, you know, what's the origin of this word that I'm casually saying? His cotton picking mind, that's draped in, in racism. And uh, you got to watch what you say. And we have to watch what we're hearing and hold people accountable. And so that's one of the things that, that really has me angry today. Man, that's good stuff, bro. Uh, so um, so, uh, Irv, thank you for coming on, man. Thank you for, uh, 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 enlightening us and talking to us about your business startup, Holy Smokes Barbecue. Um, and we want to, we, we, we hope to get down there to support it. And, um, and thanks for being, uh, free and open, uh, as a black man to, to, to own our anger, uh, and to say it and put it out there, um, without fear of retribution. We, um, just like anybody else uh, can be angry. And what I believe is we get angry and we, and we create out of it. And so um, brother, we hope that you uh, take your anger and, and push it deeper into your creation of the business uh, that you're starting and the family and the friends that you have. So thanks for coming on, man. And, uh, and we'll talk to you soon. All right, man, I love you, bro. Thanks for having me on. All right, bro. Thanks, Andrew. So this is the Sit Up Podcast, and we have, uh, it's time for us to wrap up today's show. It's been a good show. Please make sure you share, like, if you're just now jumping in, go back and, you know, when it's, it'll be available here in a minute and let people know about these conversations. These are good talks that need to be had. We want you to not just listen, but take these conversations into some safe spaces or some unsafe spaces and and start having this conversation actually i would prefer you to take them into some of those unsafe spaces <laughs> and, and start making some people uncomfortable because that's what we got to do in order to uh to create some change in the community in order to create some change in our lives man one of the most frustrating things is that people don't know how to listen and when you recognize that people don't know how to listen to you especially as a black person that don't mean it's time to shut up Keep talking. Maybe yeah. talk a little bit louder. Yeah. And ain't gonna stop at all. So that's my part for today. Thank you so much for watching and listening to the Sit Up Podcast. I am gonna leave it on the words of the man you came here to see, Dr. Leroy Barber. Leroy Barber, this is the Sit Up Podcast. Thanks to Andrew Morgan. Thanks to our guest, Irvin Bell. Uh, this is the Sit Up Podcast. Let's begin.